For those of you who love needlepoint or want to get into needlepoint but don't know where to start, you're going to love this month's sponsor, Penny Lynn Designs. Founded in late 2020, Penny Lynn Designs has been the fastest growing online needlepoint store in the nation, offering hand-painted needlepoint canvases, fun accessories, and custom bags. From beginner to multi-generational, Penny Lynn Designs caters to all stitchers to help anyone fall in love with needlepoint. If you're a beginner looking to start a new hobby, Penny Lynn Designs offers a variety of free educational blog posts or videos on its website to help teach you the basics of how to get started. They can also provide everything you need to dip your toe or dive in to the needlepoint world. From canvases to full kits, project bags, needles, small accessories, helpful guides, and more. Penny Lynn Designs hopes to be your one-stop shop for all things needlepoint. And hey, maybe you're not looking to take on a new hobby at this time, but still want to support this month's sponsor? Well, I have good news for you. Penny Lynn Designs offers fully stitched needlepoint pillows for those who like the look but don't have the time. Charming printed headbands and high-quality bags that are perfect for travel, the beach, or every day. So be sure to head over to PennyLynnDesigns.com to check them out. You have them to thank for this month's episodes. Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and that you're tuning in to a conversation that I have been so looking forward to sharing with you all. Alexa Von Tobel of Inspired Capital joins me today. Alexa's conversation in my mind has been a long time coming. I have been a huge fan. I've been so inspired by her life and career. So to be able to chat with her and share our conversation with you today is such a a treat. Before we dive in, I want to give some exciting updates around the podcast. Uh, we have so much going on. If you're following us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that, you'll know that we did our first live Zoom call with my friends Leah and Hannah from In Kind Magazine, and it was such a blast. It was so amazing to see your faces, to get to know you guys even better, and with the feedback, it's definitely something that we're going to be doing again. Patreon continues to be an amazing community. It's a great way to support the podcast monthly. $7.99, basically less than a coffee. You guys can support HSDT. And if you sign up today, there are over 50 episodes waiting for you. Behind the scenes info, any kind of momentum and movement on the business side of HSDT, Patreon is going to hear about that first. And there's also some really fun stuff over on Patreon, like our French Riviera vlog when we went to lunch at previous guest Kimberly Cohen's uh, hotel in St. Tropez. So if you want to know the true BTS of HSDT, it's over on patreon.com slash how'd she do that? Well, within the theme of our Zoom call, our live conversations, I'm excited to share two exciting upcoming events. The first being in partnership with this month's sponsor, 
Penny Lynn Designs. I'm excited to share that HSDT will be hosting a needlepoint class. I'm excited to bring you this virtual beginner class. It's open to all levels of stitching and will be filled on a first come, first serve basis. That's going to be Tuesday, April 11th from 8 to 9. So be sure to sign up for the class at pennylindesigns.com slash pages slash hsdt there's a variety of cute canvas options i believe i have the blue gingham but i hope that you will consider joining us what a great time to pick up a new hobby um, i am a beginner in needlepoint and so krista is going to be able to teach us a lot and i do hope that you'll consider joining us for that virtual class on april 11th well another time that we are going to all be getting together the hsdt community is meeting up in houston I will be in Houston, Texas on April 24th, the day before my birthday, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all at City Boots. More details to come, but I am so excited to partner with Lizzie and many of our favorite Houston ladies to bring you a meet and greet and lots of more fun details to come for our Houston event. But mark your calendar, April 24th. Looking forward to seeing you all then. Well, you guys, I think that's the update. We have so much going on. And as always, as you listen to today's episode, we'd love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo. Be sure to tag us at How'd She Do That Podcast. Here is Alexa Von Tobel on How'd She Do That. Today's guest, Alexa Von Tobel, is the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital. Prior to Inspired Capital, Alexa founded LearnVest in 2008 with the goal of helping people make progress on their money. After raising nearly $75 million in venture capital, LearnVest was acquired by Northwestern Mutual in 2015 in one of the biggest fintech acquisitions of the decade. Alexa, who holds a certified financial planner designation, is the New York Times bestselling author of Financially Fearless and Financially Forward. She's also the host of the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel, a weekly podcast with Inc. that highlights top entrepreneurs. Alexa has been honored with numerous recognitions, including a Forbes magazine cover and Forbes Most Powerful Women, Inc. magazine's 30 Under 30, to name a few. Originally from Florida, Alexa attended Harvard College and Harvard Business School before settling in New York City, where she currently resides with her husband and their three children. Alexa, welcome to How'd She Do? that. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And again, such an honor. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, as I was working on your introduction, I was trying to keep it short, but that was kind of challenging. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll edit it going forward. We'll, we'll give you just a bullet point, which should say mom, tired mom. <laughs> I, I love it. No, honestly, Alex, I've been so thrilled to, to welcome you onto the show. And I really want listeners to go ahead and, and get to know you. So, so let's dive in. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about your upbringing and then ultimately your route to Harvard. Well, so first, um, thank you again. Um, I like to think of myself as kind of an interesting, um, I'm a mix of a lot of interesting things. So I was born <laughs> in Kentucky. I grew oh. up in Jacksonville, Florida, which is almost in many ways like Georgia. It's really Southern. Yes. Um, my dad's side of the family is from uh, Belgium. My dad was born in Belgium and my um, mom's side of the family is from South Bend, Indiana. So I've got like Midwestern, European, <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> 
Southern girl altogether. Um, but I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, spent basically, you know, the first year of my life till 18 there and very much consider that home and, and still do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, went to Harvard undergrad where I studied uh, psychology, mind, brain, behavior, and ultimately did a lot of work in positive uh, psychology and actually worked in the happiness lab, which is its own story. Mm -hmm. um, and realized there that I was an entrepreneur. So that's kind of how I got started in life. Well, it's so fun to hear. And, and I mentioned this before we started recording. I've listened to your story on lots of different podcasts, and it's fun to hear um, just the, the many intricate details of that specific season of life. But ultimately, you just mentioned this. This is the season that you think, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. What did it look like for you to discover that about yourself? It was funny. I, I never thought of the word entrepreneur uh, growing up. It just, it wasn't a word. It wasn't a word that we all used a lot. And what was, I remember having this like real moment where I was undergrad and I kind of had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm an entrepreneur. That Like that's what my truly, you know, incredibly, uh, you know, insatiable, desire to constantly build and build and build. Um, that's what it is. I remember being in college and all of a sudden being like, oh, wow, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, that's what that is. But mm. growing up, you know, it now it sort of makes sense now that I'm older and, you know, can actually intellectualize it all. But, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur um, mm. in medicine. Uh, mm. My grandfather uh, was an entrepreneur. He actually like started almost the first version of a, a Home Depot called the Von Tobel Lumber Yards. Mm -hmm. My brother's an entrepreneur, both. Um, and the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, wow, actually, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. They're not tech <laughs> entrepreneurs per se, um, but actually people who set out and built their own businesses and took that risk. And so it, it felt not only very natural to me to do it, and there's probably some maybe way I'm wired that makes it comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was an undergrad, it like really clicked because I was constantly building things in high school. And, and even when I was younger, I always joked, I never had a lemonade stand. I like was literally taking things off my parents' walls and like, you know, <laughs> selling them outside. I, like literally my mom once was like, you were in so much trouble. Um, and I, you know, built a little tutoring business and a nonprofit and I, it, I loved building things. Mm. Well, it's so fun to hear the the details even of, yeah, where, where was that picture, mom? You know, it's like, okay, Alexa, yeah, Alexa's found her way to it. Um, but you do. So so you're at Harvard and, and you really kind of hone in on, on this idea of entrepreneurship. But I believe I know your next step post-grad. Um, so what did it look like? You actually ended up, I believe, stepping into trading. What was that first role out of school? So Right out of school, I and so I'd actually spent a summer at Insight Venture Partners, which is okay. a, a venture fund here in New York City. It's still now a very, very big one, um, where basically all I did was help find entrepreneurs and think about their businesses. And so, like, even in the rearview mirror, I'm, I'm like, wow, that was actually a really good decision. Like, even at age, you know, 19, 20, I had a really good sense of what I wanted to do with my career. In some ways, it almost surprises me. Um, but so I ended up, uh, right after college, I got into Harvard business school when I was a senior in college and okay. that was kind of a, a, a unique thing at the time. That wasn't like a totally normal path. Um, and was in this early, early program that they developed where, where you could defer and you didn't have to come directly. And so I had two years to defer. I ended up spending that time, um, at, uh, Morgan Stanley mm -hmm. and, while I was there, um, that entrepreneur bug really became like extremely clear. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I left Morgan Stanley to start building LearnVest when I was 23. Um, then helped a friend in New York um, who was building a company. I went and joined that, and that company um, ended up getting acquired by Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was my classmate. He was um, my year oh. undergrad. And then I went back to HBS, and the world fell apart. Lehman Brothers went under, and I literally said, this is the world's best time for me to go actually launch LearnVest, the company at that time that I'd been working on nights and weekends for about a year and a half. Oh my gosh. And I know too, I've heard you mention you were actually writing like a 75 page business plan while you were at Morgan Stanley. Is that correct? That is exactly correct. Yeah, that is exactly correct. Uh, I always joke, I don't think anybody ever read my business plan outside of me. Um, But it was really more of just this like singular place where I just got all of my ideas out of my brain. And what was helpful was Four years later, five years later, that business plan was in my brain. And mm. it and moments when the company had to keep evolving and uh, you know, getting more and more focused, what was in that original paper actually applied. It was just mm. it, like in the rearview mirror, it was pretty interesting that it actually those early thoughts kind of through like uh, what's the right way to say it? Those early thoughts kind of had had made clear forks mm. in the road that we would have to decide at some point: are we a media business or are we an advice business that does that sells advice? Um, and it, I decided we were an advice business. And those moments I actually had thought about before I started the company. So it was it, at the time when I had to make them, it wasn't like I was thinking about them for the first time. So interesting. Yeah. It's almost as though that business plan did come to full fruition. Although like you said, uh, don't know if anyone ever read it, but you are. So, so you're off to the races now. Remind me, because I think this is an interesting part of your story. You leave Harvard business school to launch LearnVest. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So I ended up, I finished my first semester, which is roughly call it, you know, a few months. Um, <laughs> right. And basically, I remember December 18th of 2008 was my last day at HBS. And I moved to New York and I started, literally started a company all on my own. And that was that. And I was terrified, but it was exactly the right thing to do. And ultimately, this time frame I know is so interesting to, to look back on and to think, okay, perhaps this idea was maybe 2006. And like you said, 2008, you're off to New York to really grow and to, to build this startup. Are you at this stage of LearnVest considering this is going to be your route and your company for life? Are you thinking about there could be a potential acquisition at some point? What was the excitement and passion around it at the very beginning? My excitement was so sincere and simple. Hmm. I remember, uh, and it really, uh, it you know, just to give you the full story, it really came from like a very personal moment, which is I, when I was younger, I'd lost my dad hmm. unexpectedly. And I just remember my, my mom is like a total force of nature. She's a, a you know, pediatric nurse who's taken care of children for 40 plus years, really, really capable, really smart woman. And um, I, and she, she'd always worked, which I like really in the rearview mirror admire so much, just like, I don't know how she actually did it all. Um, mm. And I remember when my dad passed away, my mom overnight had to like really manage our finances for the first time, you know, as they kind of split their, their household, um, you know, chores and work. Like my dad did the finances, my mom did everything else. And I just remember having this moment where, you know, I was 14 years old and I said to myself, I'm going to be good at finances. Like this isn't, I'm going to, I'm, this is not going to be something I learn, Hmm. you know, 
in a tragedy. I'm going to learn it as a core skill set. And it left a wow. really big impression on me. Um, and luckily, my family was in a really you know strong financial position. And I went to Harvard undergrad. And I remember literally finding places to go learn about personal finance, which again, in the rear view mirror was pretty nerdy, but <laughs> I really wanted to have this skill set. And then I was always really good at math. I was always really good at finance, ended up at Morgan Stanley. And when I was there, it was the first time in my life I was making, it was my first real job, my first real money. And I just remember thinking to myself, where, where do I go to manage my money? Because I'm young and I'm new. And why isn't there a platform that is making me feel safe to go manage my money and learn about my money and get better at managing my money as a young person. And at the time, just to give you the context, if you went to like a Charles Schwab or a TD Ameritrade, they had account minimums of like $5,000 at time. Think about wow. how insane that is. Um, that's all. So that that's precisely where the idea came from. I said, I want to go build the platform that I wish existed for me. Well, and it's so cool to hear the the details of your thoughts around that. And from such an early age thinking, okay, this is going to be something that I'm going to be good at. And like you mentioned, out, out of tragedy, that real inspiration to help others. And it's interesting to hear, and I referenced this and, and you guys did a great job over on the How I Built This podcast and listeners can go and kind of hear more of the details around just the specifics of LearnVest, but you spend, how many years are you working and building LearnVest? 10, 10 to 12 years? You're, you're growing this in New York City, is that correct? Well, no. So it was, um, I, I founded the company May of 2007 and okay. we sold it on March 25th of 2015. So actually the company oh. had only been live for five years. I'd been oh. working on it for seven. So it actually like, it was pretty, oh my God. It was a pretty quick, um, successful exit. Um, it, I mean, it felt like 20 years, to be honest. <laughs> I'm um, sure. But no, it actually was pretty quick. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, the timeline that I had was completely off, but yes, to hear that and to know that you were growing it throughout this, this time frame. Um, what is happening also within your personal life during the growth of this company? I mean, so much, right? Um, <laughs> I, my boyfriend at the time became my fiance, became my husband. Yep. Um, I wrote some, I wrote a New York Times bestselling book um, called Financially Fearless, uh, which was really a book that I wrote to be um, a book that could be in, 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 in colleges to teach people about the basics of money. Hmm. Uh, summer of 2014, um, I literally went to a, just what I thought was a normal everyday press shoot uh, to take a photo with Forbes and found out I was a cover. And the next day found out I was actually eight weeks pregnant. Um, oh so um, that was like a really wild moment where like literally in a 24 hour period, just like had two, you know, obviously one more important than the other. The fact that I was having a baby was just wildly exciting. <laughs> um, and then I sold the business Um roughly on our fifth birthday of kind of being up and live and sold on a Wednesday and went into labor that weekend. And I just remember being like, oh my God, nothing can prepare you for like that amount of stress and anxiety and all of those things to be happening at the same time. And so I always just bring a ton of empathy to entrepreneurs where, you know, you want to think work and life is separated, but it's just not, it's yeah. just literally not, <laughs> you know, that I, uh, <laughs> there were no boundaries for me during our acquisition. You know, they, we, we, the deal team had to have a plan for like, what if I went into labor, 
you know, before the deal signed, but like, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and I kept being like, don't worry, I won't let that happen. As though like I had any control, I had no control over anything. <laughs> so, but, but, but no, so I always just bring now that I am an investor um, mm-hmm. and as, you know, a founder of Inspired Capital, a venture fund here in New York, um, I just bring so much empathy to the entrepreneurs I spend my time with because I just really realize that their personal life, everything that goes into the, their whole life is really very much part of how do you build this business? I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone put it so well with the example of the company is about to be acquired and I'm going into labor. The the hand-in-hand element of, of that stage of life that you were in, did you take time after the acquisition and after the selling? What was there time that you were able to debrief and, and kind of recognize the experience that had just taken place over the last you know seven years? Yeah. I mean, the real truth is it really took me about a year um, yeah. to like mentally process what I had just been through because it all kind of came so quickly. Um, you know, and to, to say the most important thing, like nothing is more important than becoming a mother, like yeah. nothing, uh, literally nothing. Um, mm. And that for me was the most massive milestone that I could imagine. And it was one I'd always wanted. I'd always wanted a big family. I'd always wanted children. And it, that for me was, as, as it is for anybody listening who has a child, like just a transformational day of your life where your your life shifts completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that a business I'd spent seven years building that I very much so viewed as uh, you know, not quite a baby, but close to a baby, right? Yeah. I poured my blood, sweat, and tears and all of my DNA into to, to really building. I really believed in the mission. And for that to go through a big change at the exact same moment, um, e- even with all the incredible benefits of selling your business, right. was just a big thing. And so, and I was 30. Like, it wasn't like I yes. was, um, oh my you know, gosh. I, you know, now as I look back, I, that, I, you know, I, I think of a 23-year-old, I was so young. I was so young starting the company. I I knew so little. Um, and thank goodness I had a lot of trusted advisors to help me. But even at 30, I was still so young, learning a lot. And so no, it was a, it was a it was a truly wild moment in my life and absolutely a defining week. Um so yeah, and actually funny enough, uh my anniversary, my first child's uh <laughs> Uh, and selling the business are, are all basically within a few days. <laughs> so oh I always joke, it's like, it's a real week. <laughs> Alexa, that is insane. And thank you so much for just taking us back to the element of, of where you were at age-wise. I mean, to have started this at 23, to sell it at 30, to welcome your first child within that same time frame. Um, it, it's it's almost, I hope that, that listeners are able to really consider, wow. But I think too, your story going hand in hand with Inspired Capital and all that you're doing now, which I'm looking forward to kind of diving into, um, you pretty much could relate likely to any entrepreneur that comes in. I mean, you've got young, we've got mothers, whoever might be looking to you for advice um, or to work together, they're going to know that you have a lot of um, compassion and empathy, like you mentioned earlier, for entrepreneurs. Wow given what was going on with you. Well, you mentioned too, that there was about that one year, I mean, and I'm sure even, even longer than that, that you were really kind of unpacking that season of life. 
at what point did you turn around and and think, okay, we've got more, you know, I've got more to build and I'm ready to do so? Um, well, so when you sell your business, uh, there's sort of a, and, and you know, I do, I always have this thing in my head, which is, you know, life is short, but careers are long and you're only as good as, you're only as good as your reputation. And that's by no means I'm perfect. And I will tell you, I'm, I, I, I've learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot. And, um, but, but I really wanted to be known for like, if I say I'm going to do something, I follow through. And when the CEO of Northwestern Mutual, who is one of the most incredible guys bought my business, we were very much um, bounded by a value system of helping everyday Americans uh, through, you know, their, 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 their most important financial moments, which, um, you know, Northwest Mutual is one of the oldest life insurance companies in the world that protects people when they lose their spouse. Yeah. So it's a pretty important moment. And uh, I basically said to him, like, I want to be here to see this all the way through. And so, so um, I committed to stay for three years. I ended up staying almost four, uh, which oh, yes. most entrepreneurs, once they sell their company, in fact, uh, I always joke, if you've sold your business and you're listening about this, you you know, it's pretty hard to stay for, it's right. pretty hard to stay for three or four years, but they treated me, <laughs> they treated me wonderfully and I actually had a great time. And by the end of it, just that itch was starting to happen and I was starting to feel ready. And the idea for Inspired had come to me a decade prior. Oh, wow. Um, it was when I was 23 and I was running around the New York ecosystem to build, to, to, to raise, you know, capital, to build LearnVest. And there was, I kept just being like, where is that incredibly vibrant, fresh, passionate capital that kind of meets me where I am? And that feels like home for an entrepreneur who wants to go build an iconic business and particularly one that takes on real risk. And so I just always had in the back of my head, like one day I want to come back and solve that problem. And really, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm an investor that is really, you know, even LearnVest was a platform to help people learn to invest. So at my core, I am a, I am a finance oriented investor. Hmm. And I basically said, I, I, you know, literally the words came out of my mouth one day. I said, it's inspired capital. It's capital that knows exactly how to meet you where you are and help you really overcome all the odds and, and gain unfair advantages to building your business. And so mm-hmm. we were born. And the second that it, you know, really was in my head, um, I basically uh, was really fortunate that the three people who joined me as partners were some of my longest standing relationships in the world. Um, one, Lucy, who um, was a co-founder of Paperless Post and one of my best friends, Harvard undergrad, a gentleman by the name of Mark Batsian, who had literally been with me already at that time for a decade. And particularly, you know, I think now we've been working together for 12, 13 plus years. Wow. Um, side by side, he and I were the deal team selling LearnVest and he's just a brilliant human. And then Penny Pritzker, who I'd gotten to know when she'd asked me, um, her and President Obama made uh, the PAGE program, which which stood for Presidential Ambassador for Global Entrepreneurship. And there were a few of us as ambassadors, and I was one of them, and I really got to know her. And um, I admire her on every level. And uh, you want to be in business with people that you admire. Um, so it, it was pretty easy. We all came together and Inspired was born. 
And what year is this? Uh, February 1st of 2019. So we are sitting here today about four years old uh, and really just getting started. It's fun to hear from the beginning stages of you recognizing at school, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I'm going to do. Growing a business and very successfully exiting and selling and now looking at Inspired Capital. Over the last four years, I'm sure you have seen many pitch decks and many entrepreneurs uh, what has been maybe a standout, perhaps in those early years, um, that you felt like, okay, this is really what I'm meant to be doing, and and really helped push you forward? It's so interesting. It's it's really, um, you know, your my brain's doing math, thinking about you know the caliber of people and who they are, and but what really ends up happening is there is a, a there's a human on a mission um, who has a really unique point of view and in some ways is almost living in the future. Hmm. Um, And what happens to me is that I meet somebody who I believe has a profound, um, a profound point of view on something that should exist. And then they have an unfair advantage to making it exist. Hmm. And it's just something goes off in my head where it's an excitement that you feel where you actually want to be on this person's mission. Um, and it, you just kind of, I, you know, it's happened a number of times. And when it happens, like I always recognize this feeling and it, you know, my brain's doing math also of this is a good business model. This is, a, you know, this is what this idea is a very real one, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of all comes together pretty quickly. And to think of you kind of getting these different updates from entrepreneurs, what stage are you most interested in when it comes to building a relationship with an entrepreneur? Um, well, so we at Inspired, so Inspired is a generalist fund headquartered in New York City, but we invest around the country and even um, sometimes outside of the country. Um, we uh, are early stage, so napkin to Series A, which basically means we'll meet a founder who is literally standing up an idea and has not taken a dollar, um, all the way to Series A, which is you know when you're raising, call it 10 to $12 million um, to really scale your business to the next level. So very early stage, really helping founders build and stand up companies. It's amazing. It's amazing to think about. And two, uh, I love that you just shared, and I'm sure this is a term many are aware of. I I have not yet heard it, but the napkin stage. So you're even saying, yeah, there's an idea, there's a hope, there's a person, there's, you know, the the hope that this is going to move forward. What would you say? Because I I think, um, and I heard you mention this in in another episode that I was listening to, but you mentioned, you know, LearnFest was not necessarily sexy. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the hottest thing, of course, finance and personal finance is extremely important to every American. Um, but you mentioned, you know, that, that it wasn't necessarily the, the hottest thing. What would you say to someone who's listening who perhaps has an idea, maybe they're at that napkin stage, or maybe they have multiple ideas? What, what would you ask them to, to qualify or to look to, um, to really hone in on, on what might be best or, or what might have the most potential? So I would say it's it's really the vector of a few of a few things. Number one, it's got to be something that you are really truly insanely passionate about, and I would say near obsessed about. So hmm. I've been thinking about the wallet and being you know a, a, a masterful of the wallet for for almost a decade <laughs> by the time I actually started Learn Best. So um, you know that I was truly on a mission, and it was it, it the company was pouring out of me. It was going to happen no matter what. 
So I always tell people, don't sit in front of me and tell me you're going to go build a logistics company if you hate logistics or a food company if you don't like food. Um, so it, it's got to be something that you you come by authentically and that you're really sincerely excited to go build. And in a perfect world, you have an unfair advantage of building it. Yeah. Um, second, you know, you're looking for something that um, has the ability to have a massive impact. So it's solving a real problem. I think the businesses that don't get me very excited are incremental in nature. They are, I'm going to help you build a better version of a travel app that, you know, lets you buy tickets with two clicks instead of three. Like that's incremental. That's a, as opposed to, you know, I'll, you know, Uber, right. Which is, I'm going to let you use your phone and hire a car to show up within one minute of where you're standing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, really groundbreaking businesses. Um, so, so really looking for that, that big, big, really powerful idea that makes the world better and solves a problem in a pretty big way. Um, so it's the combination of a founder on a mission with an idea that is, if it works, um, is, is going to pay off. And then I would actually say there's just sort of an important third element, which is somebody who really understands what it takes. Um, sometimes you find people who are like, I've always wanted to be a CEO. I've always wanted to build something. Well, being a CEO and building something's really tough and it's really miserable. And there are times that <laughs> there's this quote in my head. Somebody once said to me, if you knew what it takes to be a founder, you'd never do it. And it's just because <laughs> the more you care, the more it punches you, the harder it gets. Um, mm. And so, so, you know, somebody who's really has the resilience and the commitment. And, you know, for me, I was doing it for the mission. I wasn't, I never set out to say, oh, I'd like to sell a company for $375 million. I said, I'd like to go build the solution to this category. And that's going to take you, I mean, it's easy to say, but but with the passion and with the obsession that you mentioned with the resilience, a few of those words, that's what really was able to take you forward with, with LearnVest. And I'm sure that as you uh, connect with you know those that you're investing in now and, and working with, you're looking for that same excitement. But but I love all of the encouragement that you just shared, even the, the element of really making the world a better place. But ultimately, you have to have that founder that has the drive and, and the excitement. I would love to know, as you stepped into Inspired Capital and you have since found, again, so many entrepreneurs that you're connecting with and and really honing in on your love of entrepreneurship, um, have there been any kind of ideas that have come through that really stopped you in your tracks, maybe in those early days where you think, okay, we're really making an impact and and this is really why Inspired was born? Absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll name just... I'll name two companies that um, I'm currently in, involved in that had these impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was uh, is a company called Hobby H A B I, and Hobby is it's sort of hard to imagine, but it's in Latin America, and it literally is a Zillow plus a Open Door plus a Compass Mortgage plus a Rocket Mortgage all Compass. Um, plus a rocket mortgage all combined, which basically is to say it is like a full ecosystem of how to understand what your home is worth, how to buy and transact and sell a home and then get a mortgage. And the founders just, the founders are brilliant people that I'd known uh, through my, 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 my own network. And that's just a business where the average person prior to hobby existing, couldn't sell their home easily. It would take a year used to put posters in your window. So just imagine a very inefficient market. 
to all of a sudden now you can transact your home in 30 days. Like that's a game changing world. And I almost think in the yeah. United States, we take for granted the fact that Zillow kind of tells you what your apartments work, et cetera, et cetera. So hobby was one. Another one was chief, which is, um, you know, there, there are still too few women on the top of companies and inside of companies. And um, I think the headline there is uh, chief, the, the, the founders, Carolyn and Lindsay, had a really big vision of like, how do we bring this network together to help them get to the top and stay at the top? Hmm. And this is a business that is growing rapidly. It, you know, just announced it's got tens of thousands of users and um, it, it's a really interesting company. But I was so, you know, I had a moment where I was like, I am a female executive who's had a lot of, uh, uh, has had a lot of luck hmm. and I should do my part to keep helping bring the world to a place where we can actually be totally, we, we can be gender blind, meaning mm-hmm. like we, sh- we should have everybody at the top of companies mm-hmm. um, and how do we get there? And so Chief was another one where it was just like a, a very important mission and something where I felt like it was authentic for me to be involved and with hobby, my personal finance expertise and um, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of gives you a sense of some of the things that we've done, but there's so many other companies that Inspired has done now. There's 40 plus um, that have, I, I could talk about all, each of them, um, and, you know, doing really interesting things. Well, it, it's so fun to even think of what your day-to-day life is like, Alexa, with, with all of the different incredible people that you're connecting with and two great examples as to, um, yeah, how you guys are changing the world at Inspired. Uh, and I'd love to, I know that we've unpacked and, and kind of moved through your career rather quickly, but I'd love to know, is there kind of an instance perhaps that you would say in your career that, that failure actually helped shape it? It's funny, I was talking about this um, with some of my family and, you know, I think just the headline is, and and actually on my my own podcast um, where I get to interview a lot of really amazing people, I think failure is just not, I swear to you, I have failed every single day. Like it's, (laughs) I I, I always joke, I was like, I I don't know what I'm uniquely talented at, um, but (laughs) but I will say like not giving up is probably probably a real asset of mine. (laughs) Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, failure has been a huge part. There are so many mistakes that I've made. Um, and the one thing that I've always done is I, I used to have a motto, which is, you know, I show up every day with 120%. I come out of, I, I'm like a, a, a rocket out of a cannon every morning. I get up, I'm excited to tackle my day. I feel so much enthusiasm and I run, 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 run. Some days I have the energy to run till, you know, 10 PM. And some days I, you know, through my old learn best days, you know, something terrible would happen by like 2 PM. And I would just be like crushed by it because mm. I'd made the wrong call and something went wrong. And I always took a lot of personal accountability when things went wrong. It was ultimately my fault. Mm. And where I would have a rule, which was like, I could go home. Like, I, like just cause you've got to be human through this too. It's a, and I would let myself go home at four o'clock yeah. and just be like, I need a break. It's been a terrible day. I need to go to bed. And just start again in the next day. And I had just this motto, which was one day at a time. If you just build things one day at a time, don't cut corners, bring 110%, try to make the best decisions, be honest when you don't get them right and be really good to people. You'll continue to be able to, you'll continue. If you play the long game, you'll win. And so that is very much how I think about it, which is, uh, you know, there's not even a moment of failure. There's like every four hours, there was something that was a mild failure (laughs) and you just, have to power through those. 
Yeah. It's, it's a great example too of, yeah, it's not necessarily one big giant failure. It's, it's an every day, take it one day at a time. I love your advice and thoughts on that. Uh, On the flip side, what would you say has been maybe a real wow moment for you in your career? Um, You know, I think the real wow moments were always when there's two. Um, and as I get older, I'm more grateful for these as I've matured myself, which, you know, I was an idiot <laughs> starting my company <laughs> as a child. Um, no, I think that the real things that you begin as you get older in your career that you value, you value having a real impact on a customer where, you know, I was in a restaurant the other day um, and somebody came up to me and was like, learn best changed my life. You literally helped me get my hands around money it, it was, I, you know, was going through X, Y, and Z. And, and this person like actually teared up and I, I hadn't had somebody do that in a long time, but back in the day, those were the wow moments where, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I went to at a restaurant and the couple sitting next to us was talking about how much they love to learn best. And I swear to you, <laughs> my husband, I've like never seen him be more proud of me in my entire life. It was Aww. just like this really important moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, I actually now have graduated a bit to feeling really proud of people's careers. So people that I've been able to be part of wow. helping them grow and learn. And that for me is as rewarding as impacting customers is really helping shape people's careers. And and it it is so it is it is powerfully rewarding. So those are the wow moments now. Um, and then it's so interesting to me too to put this together and thinking about how you've turned it around to, like you said, you you built an amazing company and and served millions, and then you turn around and you're able to be a part of the very specific moments of other entrepreneurs' lives, careers, growing businesses, building, selling, or carrying it on into a legacy um, company. It's really amazing to to think of of what you've done, and and in such a short amount of time. The the time frame here, I'm. <laughs> genuinely amazed by. And I know too, um, gosh, yeah, four years in, you guys have so much more to come uh, with all that you're doing at Inspired Capital. But but I'd love to know, and, and every single answer that you're giving, I'm like taking notes over here like a mad woman, but, but I'd love to know what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? Um, the greatest lesson I have learned, which I will absolutely... Uh, work really hard to give this to my children earlier. And I wish I actually had this at 14, 15, 16, 17, which is you can't live your life caring about what other people think about you. And I don't mean don't be kind and be a jerk and anything like that. Like you should be kind, you should be generous, you should. But if you, if you live your life worried about what people are going to think about your career or you are living for the wrong reasons. You know, you live once. I always say this isn't the dress rehearsal. This is, this is the show. Like this is the full show. And I think probably by 25, 26, I just, it's not even that I stopped caring. I just didn't have the emotional bandwidth because I had so much responsibility as a young person on my plate. I just stopped caring. And now I really don't care. Um, And (laughs) And, and it is such a freeing thing to only be really doing things um, for the right reasons and having conviction and and really and sometimes the things I do are really against the grain. Mm. And I I the only person that I need at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I have to be able to be okay with my my own decisions and and 
um, when you really make good decisions, um, and sometimes they're unpopular ones and like, that's okay. And so I, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, backing somebody that nobody else believes in because you believe in them or standing up for a cause that you think is critical that the world needs solving, mm-hmm. um, or backing companies that have missions that you think are the right ones, but, um, maybe other people don't agree with you. You get to live once. You got to do that. You've got to make your own decisions. And it's a very freeing thing to only be living your own life. Mm. It is a hugely, un- it's a big unlock. Mm. It's a big unlock. Dang, Alexa. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so fun to hear that from you. And I think getting to know you today, getting to know a little bit more about just what you have, um, what you've done and what you've created, both with uh, LearnVest and then Inspired Capital Now, it seems as though you have found your true north. So I think listeners can can take that confidence as well and and continue on with, with their thoughts and with their hopes and their dreams as well. So I love to hear that answer. Uh, on the flip side, what are you learning now? Everything, um, <laughs> literally everything. Um, diving in, you know, we're, I'm learning about some really interesting categories that we're very excited about that um, we, we're a very thesis driven shop. So um, we're always working on ideas that we kind of see um, ahead of us. Um, I am a mom. So I will say I'm learning every day um, so much about how to be a better parent. And actually there's this great company called Good Inside that I mm-hmm. love and uh, have become friends with Dr. Becky. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, every day is a day for us to grow. Um, and then the, the last thing I'll just say is I still aspire to this. You should wake up every day a little bit nervous. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like, you should be pushing yourself. You should be growing. You should be taking on new challenges. You should be evolving. Life is really boring if you stay in the same place. And so personal growth is just a big thing. I have a lot of really important personal goals for myself that I'm working on every day and reading about. And um, yeah, so the answer is everything. Well, it's so exciting. And to think of all that's coming up for you as well, if if I know anything, you always have something coming up. What's next for you? Um, We're working on some things that we're really excited about that are in stealth mode. So we can't talk about any of them just yet, but there's some really, really important bodies of work that we're working on. Um, And, you know, I'm, I've got three wonderful little humans that I'm working on every single day to (laughs) make sure we let them be the best versions of who uh, they are. And they're each very different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I've got some big things in the next five years that are in the back of my head that I'm, 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 I'm working through, but um, I would just say, I'm excited about everything and inspired um, really is uh, a body of, you know, with my, with my fellow teammates, it's, it, I very much view it as my life's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm just getting started. Absolutely. Just getting started with so much more to come. Alexa, this has been so much fun. I can't thank you enough for your time today. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? No, this has been wonderful. You got it all. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) Well, it's a lot to cover, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it and and so appreciate your time. And I know too, one thing that's been really cool to hear about your career and just something that you implement in in your day-to-day life would be continuing to network, continuing to get to know people. So I'd love to ask you, who do you know? that should maybe come on and share their story? Um, so many people. Um, um, I would say the founder of Chief Hobby. I just mentioned I'm a big fan. I'm, uh, I'm just, a, a, you know, I, as a parent, I love Dr. Becky and the good inside. Yes. Um, 
I would say my fellow, uh, I, I would, I would say um, my fellow um, uh, co-founders and inspired people like Lucy and Mark. Yes. Um, but I know you focus on women. So Lucy, um, <laughs> who's a co-founder of Paperless Post, which is literally, I mean, it's wild the amount of success they've had. Um, but yeah, so all of those people. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for the awesome recommendations. You all have to stay tuned for a potential episode. And Alexa, I know that many listeners are likely diving into your story. They perhaps have found you on social, but where can listeners connect with you? You can find me at Alexa Von Tobel on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm quite active. So come find me and uh, Alexa Von Tobel uh, and LinkedIn also. But um, And then I have a podcast, which I would say, feel free to listen. Uh, it's called The Founders Project. Um, and then finally, the last thing is you can find my books. So on Amazon, two books, Financially Fearless and Financially Forward. Um, so yeah, check, check them out. Amazing. Well, I know that listeners will enjoy and I have thoroughly enjoyed. I'm so encouraged after our time together. Alexa, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you, thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Brought to us by Penny Lynn Designs. Be sure to check out our virtual class. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.